Today we're taking a deep dive into Nissan's electric car, the LEAF. This is AutoLine. I'm standing in front of Nissan USA's headquarters, which is just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And the reason I'm here is today's show is all about the new Nissan LEAF. We're going to have John Brancho, the head of marketing for Nissan, talk all about how they plan to advertise and market this thing and try to get it out to the mass market, not just those who are so hardcore EV enthusiasts. We're also going to have Mark Perry talk about the ownership experience. What's it going to be like buying an electric car and living with it? And then we're going to have Paul Hawson take us through the vehicle, pointing out all the different features. And after that, I'm going to get in this thing and drive around Nashville and give you my driving impressions of what it's like driving the Leaf. So don't go away. Have we got a lot to talk about electric cars here on AutoLine. So I left Nissan's headquarters and now I'm cruising down I-65. I'm going a steady 70 miles an hour. The car gets up to 70 with no problem whatsoever. You know, the first thing I noticed when I took it out here on the highway though is, man, do you hear the traffic around you, especially when you go past a big truck. Why? Because the car, this car, is so quiet. You really pick up on all the other noise around you. Okay, right now my fuel gauge, as it were, shows that I've got 81 miles driving range left. Let's see what happens when I punch it to get out and pretend like I'm passing a car, so no traffic in front of me. I punch the thing and, oh my gosh, before you know it, I'm up to 85 miles an hour. It really hasn't affected my range all that much. You do have to pay attention to how hard you drive the car. It will affect your driving range. But so much about talking of what it's like driving on the freeway, let's take it into town. In fact, Let's take it to the Parthenon. No, not that Parthenon, not the one in Greece. Here in Nashville, they got a replica, and that's where we're going right now. While I continue my test driving of the Nissan LEAF, I'm now going to take you to an interview I did earlier with Mark Perry, who's going to talk all about what it's really like owning an electric car and what you have to do with it. Mark, I'm going to start asking you the question I know everybody asks you. Okay. How far can I drive on this electric car? I mean, the facts are 100 miles on a single charge against the LA4 test cycle. Now, people are going to be varied. I mean, we had a journalist just last week do 116, but there's also times if you're wide open all the time, you're going to get less than 100. So it depends on how you drive. Your, vi your mileage may vary, in other words. Absolutely. But how far might it go down? Let's say I've got the heater on and i got four people and it's freezing cold outside or just yep. the opposite. It's blazing hot and I'm running the air conditioning. Could yep. it go down to what? Yeah, and actually the heater uses more energy than the air conditioner, so I'll do your cold weather one first. Worst case for an EV, anybody's EV, New York City, eight miles an hour, stop and go traffic, so you're not moving very far, and it's 14 degrees outside, you're blasting your heater. You may see 
You can maybe be able to survive that for six hours, but you're only going to go 60 miles because you're just not going that far. Uh, Phoenix, 95 degrees, highway speeds, you know, you're on Interstate 10, you may see 75, 80 miles with your air conditioner. So it's, it's different. So other than the extremes, though, you should be able to get 100 miles out of this yeah, we car. We think most people, 80 on the low end, 115 on the high end, that's where most people will fall. The hypermilers, yes, we'll have somebody do 140, I'm sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. And then, of course, the next question I'm sure everyone yeah. asks you about is, what about the charging time? How long is it going to take me to recharge so I can get going again? Yeah, again, an answer based on power. So we think most people are going to use their 240 volt electric dryer, electric range circuit. That one's zero to full charge in less than eight hours. Uh, DC fast charging is available. So in some markets, six states around the country when we launch, uh, zero to 80% state of charge, 30 minutes. But then, you know, any 110 volt plug you can plug into takes a while takes a while. So where do you think charging stations will go in and how fast are they going to spread? Because people might think, okay, I'm leaving the house fully charged, right. but if I'm going to go more than 100 miles, or even if I'm not going to go that far, I want the safety blanket of knowing the thing's fully charged up. Sure. Where do you think these charging stations are going to go in? Yeah, there are right now um, 13,000 public charging stations already funded primarily by the, the government, a little bit of state support also, depending on where we go. And where they're going are places like, the first filter was where cars stay parked longer than an hour. I mean, what we don't realize as consumers is cars stay parked 22, 23 hours a day. They're at home, they're at work, that's one, two, and then it's you know, regional malls, movie theaters, sports stadiums, libraries, museums, metro stops where you pick up trains and buses, airports, railroad stations. So that's where they're going to go. And so how would I do that? I, I walk up, there's a charger, I have to use a credit card, or, or how does this all work? I think it's going to vary. Um, probably three, four different business models out there already. Um, really from a retailer standpoint, if you were a Best Buy or a BP gas station owner and you had a charger, it's 30 cents to charge some for an hour worth of charging. So is that worth it to you to go chase down with credit cards and all that transaction fees? Or, you know what, for 30 cents, if I sell you a Diet Coke, I just made my money back like three times. So <laughs> people are thinking about that, but yeah, sure, there'll be credit cards, there'll be swipes, it'll be free. Um, I look at like Wi-Fi. How did Wi-Fi roll out? Some people charged, some people was free. I think probably analogous. And talk about the cost of ownership. Let's talk with the purchase price and then get yep. into the incentives and how yep. it all works out for the average customer. Yeah, we did all of our calculations just counting the federal level of incentives. So any state incentives or local incentives from utility companies. That's just icing that's on the just, cake. That just helps, helps the math. Um, we set out from a pricing standpoint to make the car affordable for all. We tried to bring innovation to all. Um, and, and no payback period. People say, well, hybrids took a long time to roll out and market accepted now. That's because there was a three to five year payback period. With this car, with the $7,500 federal tax credit, your acquisition costs essentially the same. And then it's much cheaper to drive electricity than gas. And it's what, $33,000 is the, the sticker price on yeah. the car? Before the incentive. Before the incentive. Then right. you get another $7,500 off that. Right. And then now let's talk, okay, so now you're down in the mid-20s, right. which is, you know, that's the actual Middle of the market. Middle of the market. Yep. Now let's talk about the operating costs of the vehicle. Right. So now I want to plug it in. Yep. My electric bill is going to go up, mm -hmm. but talk about the offset sure. that I'm going to get from gasoline. Yeah. Uh, the math 
math works out, and I'll just do a quick math, is 25 miles a gallon, $3 a gallon gas. So kind of today's situation. You spend 13 cents a mile to drive, 12, 13 cents a mile to drive around. An EV at nationwide electricity rates, you're under three. It's so let there. me get this right. If you're running a typical car on gasoline, it's going to cost you 12 or 13 cents a mile. But sure. you're saying only two or three cents a mile with a car like the Leaf? And that's at national rates. I mean, many of our utility partners have time of use rates just keep cutting that price lower and lower and lower. So if you charge up at night, for example, yeah. you're, you're talking a lot less money. Yeah. And I imagine you're not in including maintenance costs on a typical gasoline engine, mm -mm. oil changes, air filters, oil filters, and all that sort of thing. So actually, the operating cost would drop even further compared to an electric car. And people are just starting to kind of get to that point right now where, yeah, Oil change is a thing of the past. Spilling gasoline on your shoes, thing of the past. I mean, all that's all that's in your in your history. Is there any maintenance that you have to do on this car? Very little. I mean, rotate the tires, you know. But nothing to the electric motor or the batteries no, or anything like no, that. Not at all. You don't have to clean the the brushes or no. you know <laughs> top off the electrolyte. Nothing like that whatsoever. Not at all. And driving it. Let's talk about that too. Uh, in your experience, because you've driven a lot of electric cars, not just uh, the Leaf. How does this compare to other electric cars that you've driven? Well, I think all electric cars share that characteristic of that immediate acceleration that everybody kind of enjoys. I mean, we, people describe it as torque, you know, feeling and you know, push back into the seat, whatever it is. I mean, all electric vehicles have that. This one, uh, very good. We have great passing speed, that 55 to 75 mile an hour kind of zone where some vehicles kind of die. Lots of power left in this car to pass trucks on the freeway. And then really, really quiet. So very, very refined. Not a sports car. Not its purpose. This is, your, this is for the mass market, really, you know, for, really for everybody. And I imagine, too, in two, three years' time, we're going to see a lot of electric cars on the market. And so how big is the electric car market? Or is Nissan just saying, hey, look, if we get out there with the firstest with the mostest, sort of like the Toyota Prius did with hybrids, even though there's some 20 other models of hybrids right now, they don't really sell all that well, whereas the Prius sells quite well. Do you see the same thing happening with the Leaf? We hope, obviously. I'd say it'd be foolish to say no. Uh, our, our, our goal was to bring affordability, zero emission, and scale. I mean, those are the things we set out to do. So sure, there may be lots of electric vehicles, but are they 250 vehicles here, 1,000 there? You know, really nobody's shooting for the volumes that we're doing. So again, bring innovation to all. And the LEAF will be made in other places in the world too, not just the United States and Japan. Talk a little about, about the, the global plans for this car because that's really where you're going to get the right. scale. Yeah, the next plant after Smyrna would be our plant in Great Britain and Sunderland. So that's the next, view, that's the next assembly plant that comes online right after um, Smyrna. 50, 60,000 vehicles a year there. And then what we really haven't talked about is our alliance partner, Renault. They have a whole series of plants in France and Portugal coming online also. So as an alliance, we've got a lot of capacity coming. And that will be a LEAF or it's going to be their own body on pretty much the LEAF chassis? No, unique. Absolutely unique. So uh, four vehicles. We've already announced four vehicles on the Nissan side of the house, and Renault has, has announced four vehicles on their side also. So eight total. So let's go out five years, 2015. What's sure. the total volume that Nissan Renault will have in cars and batteries? If you add everything up, about 550,000 units of capacity. And one last question then. Uh, Shai Agassi has created this company called Better Place, mm -hmm. and his whole theory, our business model, I should say, 
is don't recharge the batteries. Just pull into a station, pull the, uh, the depleted batteries out, bolt in new ones, and, mm -hmm. and you're on your way. But I understand you guys aren't going that route. Well, the Better Place is one of the partners in the alliance. So on the Renault side of the house, in Israel and Denmark, we are exploring that business model with them in those two countries. Completely different housing structure, completely different kind of drive patterns. We're one that it may work out really well. In the United States, the Nissan Leaf will not have a swappable battery. Well, DC fast charging, the ability to recharge the car in under 30 minutes, we think is a, a perfect solution for the U.S. Real good. Well, Mark, thanks so much for taking the time no, to no, talk all you. about the LEAF with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming. The Nissan LEAF is actually a very simple car to drive. You can just get in it and go. If you want to, you can look at all the different gauges that monitor the batteries, the motors, and everything like that. But man, you better study it before you get in the car and start using it because it can get really complicated. We've got an indicator for the electric motor and how much energy it's using and the climate controls because we're running the air conditioning right now and other systems like having the radio on. It also tells you that. Then on the instrument cluster in the steering wheel, we've got what I would call kind of like a gas gauge and it shows how much driving range you've got. You've got an indicator that shows how much power you're using or how much you're regenerating and another indicator on top of that that shows the throttle position and how efficiently you're driving the car. All great information, but like I said, man, is this complicated. That's the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, which you country music fans will know has been there for over half a century. But right now, let's go to the interview I did with John Branchow, the Vice President of Marketing for Nissan, talking about how they plan to advertise this car to the American public. John, you've got a lot of experience in this industry here. You've been at Nissan for a while. You were at General Motors before that. This has got to be completely different going out and marketing an electric car. It is. I mean, for years it's uh, been said that it couldn't be done, right? This is the first true mass-produced mass affordable EV. Uh, presents, obviously, a great opportunity for us to debut the innovation of, of Nissan, you know, frankly, to the entire world. How do you handle that from a marketing and advertising standpoint? I imagine first all is just tell the world that here the car is. I mean, that, that's where we've started. We've started with a very high, uh, you know, broad level of awareness. We're um, now obviously working for, with those folks who have uh, displayed interest in the car to provide all the required detail. Um, it is a different driving experience. We want to make sure that we completely exceed everybody's expectation when it comes to, um, you know, the, the vehicle and the, the environment that's created by the first EV. You seem to be focusing right now on its benefit to the environment. You've built this big campaign around the polar bear coming through and hugging the owner at the end of it. So clearly you expect people who are environmentally concerned to be the first intenders on this car. That's absolutely uh, predominantly those folks who have displayed interest initially. Um, obviously, as you know, we expect that this vehicle will have you know, mass and very broad appeal. Uh, when you look at the out years, we've got uh, production upside you know, in excess of 100,000 units a year. Um, so this is a huge opportunity for us. But the initial uh, folks who have uh, displayed interest, yeah, are, are predominantly those that are concerned about the environment. When do you tip over to the mass market, you know, go out and appeal to everybody who, 
may care about the environment, but that's not necessarily what's going to motivate them to buy a car, especially when it comes to laying out the money for it. I, I think we will learn in the first couple of years that we, we have um, you know, relatively small volume, but again, it's in the third year that we ratchet up. And again, we're starting to tell the story at a very high level. We think once these vehicles are on the road, and we'll start to deliver our first vehicles to owners in the U.S. in December of this year, but once the vehicles are on the road and demonstrate you know, that it's a, it's a vehicle, an everyday vehicle, a primary vehicle for a lot of consumers, we think that's when uh, broadly um, the notion that an AV can work every day for virtually everybody um, will take off. So tell me how you're launching advertising right now. I, I mentioned the polar bear ad. I've seen that one. I think you're doing something with Lance Armstrong as well. We, we have. We started the uh, TV advertising with Lance Armstrong during the Tour de France, and um, we'll uh, we feature the vehicle essentially as as a pace vehicle. Think about it. It burns no gas, uh, has no tailpipe. Okay, so it is the perfect lead vehicle. Uh, this weekend, in fact, for the New York Marathon, a Leaf will be pacing uh, the group, and again no emissions, uh, zero emissions from this vehicle, no tailpipe. So it's the, it's the perfect uh, pace car in that respect. We've had a very strong digital presence, which is where we tell the deeper story about the product. And that's where consumers are getting, you know, again, for those who want more deep information about the specifications of the product, the capabilities of the product, that's where they're learning most of, uh, doing most of their research. What else, what else besides advertising? Uh, we have um, a uh, 16, 17 uh, city tour. Uh, we're in about our fourth stop right now, predominantly in the launch states, which are Washington, uh, Oregon, California, uh, Arizona, and uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and we have about 16 or 17 stops, and we expect to have 50,000 impressions uh, from consumers driving the vehicle. Um, so we've just started this. Um, the experience um, from so far is that uh, everybody's wildly enthusiastic about the performance of the vehicle, and uh, the acceleration is something that surprises most. I imagine this, too, is going to bring a lot of people into Nissan showrooms who may not have an interest in buying a Leaf, but looking at one and maybe end up buying something else instead. That's, that's already been uh, proven to be a fact. Uh, if, if you look at the 20,000 folks who have paid $99 uh, for a reservation just to have the opportunity to buy or lease um, a, a Nissan Leaf, 80% of them do not currently own a Nissan and weren't previously considering one. So there's a huge opportunity for us. Where do you go beyond this then? You, you touched on some of the things, but what are else? Give us a bit more detail in your rollout plan. From, from a marketing perspective, uh, e even though we're to some degree capacity constrained for the first you know, couple of years, uh, we will continue to fully market the vehicle. Um, our expectation is to make it very clear that Nissan is the leader in, in EV technology. Um, again, somebody has to be first to, you know, to be uh, launching the first affordable mass-produced EV zero CO2 emissions. Um, so we will continue to market this vehicle um, even though we're somewhat constrained with volume in the first couple of years. So clearly you're using this as a halo for the entire brand because you mentioned it's only going to la launch in what about a half a dozen states and yet you're doing nationwide advertising with it. Absolutely and uh, we'll tell the deeper story in the states that we have uh, distribution um, but we'll continue to develop awareness and, and again we think once these vehicles are on the ground and you'll have testimonials uh, for folks like yourself from people who are driving these vehicle every these vehicles every day um, it'll catch on like wildfire at that particular point am i missing anything what else do you want to tell me about the marketing of this car 
Well, I, you mentioned Halo. It, it's a great opportunity for us to debut innovation and uh, the, the theme and the expression uh, that we've most recently started to uh, use in our communications is innovation for all. Uh, not innovation for the elite or innovation for a few, but um, across our entire, entire portfolio, um, we've got innovative products and, and, and the LEAF essentially is the poster child for innovation in today's industry. John, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you, John. One of the big questions about whether people will buy electric cars or not is this whole concept of range anxiety. Are people really going to be worried about how far they can travel? So Nissan's idea is, hey, if we give people enough information, we can take away that anxiety. So for example, at the touch of a button here on the screen, it'll show you a map with your location and the radius of how far you can drive. On top of that, they've also got indicated where any charging stations might be, and again, all with the idea of reducing range anxiety. Man, as I drive this thing around Nashville, I'm finding there is all different kinds of things to learn about this car. It can actually be quite complicated. So coming up next, we'll talk with Paul Hausen, who's going to take us through the leaf and show us all the different features. Hi, I'm Paul Hassan. I'm the product planner for Nissan's uh, electric vehicle, the LEAF, and that was the LEAF turning on. Uh, we have to generate that sound because uh, basically there's no engine in this vehicle, there's no gasoline, so there's no uh, kind of violent motion from the engine actually telling you the vehicle's on. Right now, I can put the car in drive and we would drive away. Notice that it's extremely quiet. Okay, so let me just walk you through what it'll look like when you're inside the car. Okay, so over here is the gauge cluster. On the left-hand side is the battery temperature meter. Basically, that's something that'll never be an issue for most people. Over in the middle is the drive computer. It'll show you things like park, um, you know, drive mode, uh, your odometer, but there is one unique screen here, which is basically, it'll tell you how long it'll take for you to charge, whether you're in level one or 120 or level two, 240 charge power. On the right-hand side is essentially your gas tank. Your gas tank, uh, in, this, in, this, in this case, would be how much is left in your battery, okay? So but right below that, right now this shows 100%, but right below that is the distance to empty meter. Distance to empty meter is basically a calculation based on how much battery you have left and how you have been driving. Uh, right above that is actually what will tell you how you have been driving. That's the eco meter up here. The more that's filled up, basically the more efficient you're driving. Now let's move on to something very unique in the, in, in the LEAF. This is the navigation system, which is standard in all LEAFs. Uh, what it does beyond the regular navigation system is do things like show you how much range you have left to go on a map, right? So that halo will actually adjust and shrink based on how you have been, uh, based on how you've been driving. Now beyond that, there are other things like showing you where the nearby charging stations are. Now the LEAF has one unique thing where it has a telematics uh, control unit, which will allow you to essentially send charging uh, station information into the car. And then beyond that, you also have charging timers and AC timers, uh, basically climate control timers. The charging timer will allow you to charge uh, during off-peak rates, you know, so you just set the time and walk away. And the AC timer will allow you to actually, you know, turn on the AC and climate control while you're plugged in before you ever leave your home. One unique thing in the LEAF here is, of course, showing energy information. Uh, it'll show you how much your motor is using and also 
the impact of AC and heater? That's a popular, popular question. What's it really doing to my range? So for example, right now, if I were to turn on the AC, it affected it by about two or three miles. And it autom automatically adjusts, everything will adjust, including that driving range on the map. So it's extremely simple. The vehicle is here to kind of teach you how and what you're doing actually affects range, okay? And uh, let's say you were to come home and you wanted to plug in. Many people are concerned about how long does it take to, plug, to charge my vehicle? Well, I'll show you how simple that is. So let me just show you how simple it is to plug in the car. Once you get home, you open the charging port lid right here. You go to your home charging dock, pull that out. You walk up, you plug in, and you walk away. That's basically the idea with the LEAF. This home charging dock will charge your vehicle overnight, zero to 100% in about eight hours. Over here to the left-hand side, you have a quick charging port. The quick charging port allows you to charge from zero to 80 in about 30 minutes. That'll be available in, out in the public, not something for your home. The vehicle will also come with a standard 110 trickle charge uh, kit cord set. Essentially, that allows you to use this same, this same uh, port here, and it will charge zero to 100 in 20 hours. We find that to be opportunity charging. Basically, you plug in wherever you can get it in places that don't have a level two home charging dock. For the last half hour, you've heard all kinds of positive information about the Nissan LEAF and about electric cars in general. But in my book, the jury's still out as to whether electric cars are truly going to catch on in the mass market. After all, we've had hybrid cars for over a dozen years right now. There are seven different brands selling 21 different models of hybrids, and yet hybrids only account for 2% of the American market. So are electric cars going to do a whole lot better than that? It's going to take us about three to five years to see if they really catch on in the mass market. But that's going to make the next five years an awfully exciting time to watch. But that brings us to the end of this show. For all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.